podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Evening and welcome to the club podcast for this Monday night. I'm your host Gav, and with me this evening I have Garbrain, I have Ermey Barry, and I have James O'Regan. And tonight we're just going to talk about you know the international break. Um, it's over and nearly nearly done and dusted, and no injuries by the looks of it. We're going to have a little chat about Joe Gomez, um, Robertson, and Salah. Um, obviously are the main injury talking points over the last week or so, and you know. Oxley chamberlain has been uh, really good for England, so we'll have a talk about that as well. Gar, I'm going to come to you first, and it looks like, fingers crossed, most of our players, if not all of them, have come back. Um, no injuries to report. A couple left on, you know, for personal reasons. Some left because of sickness. Some just started a row, so they'd be taken off and could go home. Um <laughs> It's a good, it's a great thing, you know, that, that nobody has, has picked up any injury because Twitter would have a meltdown if they did. So just looking, looking forward now into the next block of games, Gar, more or less a fully fit squad and onwards and upwards now, I think, because this is another huge batch of games for Liverpool, isn't it? Just how Robbo's been alright, suppose, with, with his, uh, supposed ankle injury and then we, we, we see what we make out of Salah's injury, I suppose, as well. Um, but you know, You've just spoken about a few players there, and I suppose one player who's come out of, of this week you know, with a bit of gold on him is uh, is the Ox. I thought he was fantastic for England, Gaff. Um, a lo- lovely finish for the goal. He gets the assist for the first goal. And much-needed minutes as well on the pitch. Yeah. Um, much needed. I know a lot of people have made out the, you know two successive games or whatever, but no, not, not on a player of... Uh, like himself, he, he's probably needed minutes under his belt as we all know, and, and he's he's made impact in all of our games that he's played in in France to him, um, and and someone who you know has been highly spoken of by a lot of the English media this week after his, his two performances, um, as as someone who can obviously take the ball through different phases, can attack people, can commit people, and, and certainly someone we, we at times would need uh, with, with teams who tend to, tend to sit a bit deep against us. But now it's it's very positive for us, Gav, I, I would say. Yeah, no, I think it is. Barry, you know, just we I'm going to get on to Ox in a bit more detail later on the show because I want to see where where he gets in because people are clamouring for for him to be included. Um, I'm not, but 
you know, pe- people are clamoring from that has to be Ox, it has to be the Ox. And then we have a midfield performance like we did against City, and you know, I thought it was an exceptional performance from the midfield. But just just a couple of we'll move on to and we go through a couple of players that have come back and caught my eye. I was hoping Barry that England would have a little bit more on their games than they did because I think Trent gets in at right full because they are qualified more or less, you know. And yeah. I would have liked him to have them a little bit more on their games, and he probably would have played Trippier. Um, although I think Trent's a better fullback. Would you like him to see like the likes of Trent maybe just get one game or half a game and, and just, just to keep him moting along? Are we a little bit worried going, oh, he's playing two games as well? Because as we talk about later, one of our fullbacks looks dicey for the weekend. Were you worried if Trent goes down here or, or two fullbacks down, we're in, we're in trouble? Yeah, well, I think, I think just the way he's playing at the moment, Trent, he can, he's, he's definitely probably the best right back in the league or the best right back in Europe. So, you know, I think, there's been before when he's played for England, I've been surprised he hasn't got in there. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I'm not surprised that he played at all, um, and he played pretty well as as well during the games. But yeah, I, I think he's. I don't think he's the type of player that will get injured in in in, in games if he plays too many games. Um, so yeah, and no, I wasn't too too worried about it to be honest when he was playing. No, I just, I just when I when I seen this Robertson stuff during the week, I just thought, oh, I'd, I'd rather Trent be out. James, you know, like the other one to talk about was Mane. You were saying to me before this, Mane gets taken off at half time when he's playing for is a Senegal he plays for, and you know we're going, oh, was it a precaution? Was it not? Oh, a lot of people think no. He just he was having a big argument with with somebody, and they decided, look, get him off because he gets sent off, and. Um, I immediately thought that's Jurgen Klopp ringing him going, listen, cause a row at half time, get yourself off, get yourself back and, and we're all guns blazing. But, um, again, another key player that's gone away in international duty and, and come back, he'll come back absolutely no problem. He's massive for us, James, isn't he? Oh, he absolutely is. Yeah. No, he's been sensational so far this season and, you know, he's our, he's our form player of the front three. Like you could say, he's just, he seems to make everything happen and, um, you know, his, his form in front of goal has been fantastic and I have no problems with him causing a row in some pointless friendly to you know, make it back so he can play against Palace, um, on, on, you know, with no injuries, etc. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm anything that gets our players back with no injuries is a tick in, in our favor. And we, we, you know, whatever way we have to do that, United have done it for years, you know, all these, series of mystery illnesses and all all their players are suddenly dropping out of the team so I'm glad to see us engaging in that kind of stuff and uh, and uh, getting the players uh, back because we you know Palace on Saturday is going to be a tough game it's not going to be easy to get to get you know it's going to be a very tough place for us and yeah so yeah I have no issue with that whatsoever just staying with you, James. Um, Virgil van Dijk left the Dutch squad um, due to personal reasons, I said. Now, nothing else has come out about that. So, um, without being flipping the barrel, I suppose, again, I just immediately thought Jürgen's made a phone call there. I went, listen, you're qualified. Stop acting around. Stop acting the maggot. Back you get. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm surprised he didn't do the same with you yeah. and Aldem. Yeah. I just, this one I'm a bit dubious about. A comment about because it was personal reasons, so you wouldn't want to be, you know, as oh, yeah, you say, being flippant yeah. about it because because of what was said. So, um, look, we don't know. Um, yeah, you would have thought if Klopp was pulled the money, he'd pull the other. But uh, I suppose just how essential Van Dyke is to the way we play out and defend. Um, 
you could you could see Klopp taking a decision like that. But um, yeah, this one's a bit of a strange one. So I I hope there's nothing, you know, yeah, of a per, of a personal uh, anything personal that uh, could affect uh, Van Dijk or you know anything like that. So fingers crossed. It's, it's just as you said, uh, a bit of gamesmanship, but it it, it could potentially be something else. So we just. Uh, I'd say it's just another excuse, to be honest. We're running out of excuses to use to get them home back to Liverpool, so I'd say that's all yeah. it was. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Like, Gar, um, on a, a slightly lighter note, um, Alison Becker uh, played against um, Argentina. Messi got a rebound in after he saved the penalty, but a lot of people were concerned about um, Alison Becker and his face. And basically, he, he seemed to be very red in the face. Um, and... You know, I don't know whether he's not reacting well to the Nivea gear he's being made to take and use um, <laughs> at, at Anfield, but um, he looks like he's come through with okay and he'll be back as well. That's all i got to say. I thought we had Alison on. Barry looks very like Alison to me. Yeah, he's, 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 pushing, he's pushing shoulders there, isn't he? For uh, He's pushing Shawnee for the Alison lookalike, isn't he? <laughs> that beard's got a lot bigger since the last season, mate. Oh, well, look, this is an audio podcast, so listen. Um, it, look, we're lucky because of... Uh, if we sent this out as video and Shawnee, yeah. and Shawnee Lawson seen it to be more, um, yeah. Shawnee is considered, uh, Air Alison Becker. So, uh, yeah, but look, he, he comes back. Um, I'm not too sure what involvement Fabinho had for me, you know, because, simply because I let, when it comes to me, I just let them go away. Um, not that I let them personally go away and like give them the okay, <laughs> give them a no from, like as if they're under ma. But what I do is I, I, I kind of say it's international break. If anything happens, we'll definitely hear about it on Twitter. And all I've seen is kind of the Mane stuff, the Van Dyke stuff. Um, I've followed Chamberlain and, and, and Alexander Arnold for, di- for different reasons, but it's, um, no, it's being good overall. Barry, um, you said to me before this, uh, we, we came on and you said to me, Joe Gomez, where is this lad's head at, at the moment? Because you felt he was struggling for confidence, uh, trying to get back into the squad, trying to get back into a rhythm. And then, this stuff with Raheem Sterling happens last Monday or Sunday slash Monday. Uh, he comes on for England on, was a Thursday and he gets booed by English fans. Now I don't really want to go into the whole booing situation because I don't think we should give them the oxygen they deserve. Uh, and I've kept it quite, um, limited on, on even on the fatback for daily. I kind of made a comment on it and, and went away from it because they're idiots to be perfectly honest with you but where do you think his head is at because I agree with you I think he was quite low on confidence low on rhythm getting back in the groove probably felt under pressure because Matip is out and he, he there's a spot there to grab and Lovren is just a bit ahead of him and then that happens he does nothing wrong and then he's treated like that what what way do you see him coming back this weekend if he, if he is to feature in the squad even? Yeah well I think I just, afterwards I think it was Selke who said that He's he was quite low and calm. he was quite low obviously after what happened and he was offering support to him. So from that alone, you'd be like, geez, he must be pretty pretty down over the whole thing. Um, just because obviously from this whatever the story was, it looks the Sterling was at fault for the whole thing, and then Gomez goes on and gets booed, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I think before even any, any of that happened, I think just. His performances on for Liverpool it just looks compared if you compare it to this time last year where he was him and Van Dijk were unbelievable together in the back four, and now this season he just looks like a player that's shot of his confidence and like if you if you look at it now after Lovren's performances the last couple of games he's definitely like as it stands he's definitely fourth choice so 
all that happened with England then because going to England obviously is a chance for him to get a game and with, with, with what happened there the other night I don't think that's going to do do him any good whatsoever for his confidence but hopefully you know Klopp can get him in order again when, when he gets back to Liverpool which I'm sure he will but yeah I just think the way things stand for him at the moment is it's a you know compared to this time last year it's, it's not good for him I don't think anyway yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I'd be worried, like, Gar, if you couple Van Dyke's personal reasons actually being personal reasons and something is, is actually wrong there with Van Dyke and, and for, for those reasons he has to miss the game on, on Saturday, you are looking at Gomez and Lovren as centre half as a, as a partnership. You know, even, even going to that scenario or looking at the scenario where you're picking between Gomez and Lovren on a clean slate, would you be worried about Gomez going in and starting this game or playing in it simply because of the, the I suppose the, the effects of, of, of Jordan the week? Yeah, to be honest, if 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 what's coming out is true and you know his his his, his so his mental state isn't isn't in a good way at the moment after what's happened with, with being away with England, you you've got to be slightly worried, I suppose. He's probably sat obviously he's come back from injury. He sat and watched my team who was who was excelled in France to him, um, who was more or less due to start the season in that position beside Van Dijk. And then obviously he, he's, he's got injured and Gomez has had a few games and he's looked very ropey in them games in fairness straight away. So his confidence has, has been shot coming back from injury straight away. To, <laughs> but it looks like Lovren's come in and, and done all right to be fair, but you're always, you know, you're always guaranteed a mistake there somewhere with him. Um, so, so you've got to be worried if that is, you know, wrong with Van Dyke. We hope, obviously, we hope not. But if if it is Lovren and Gomez the weekend, you know, you've, you'd be a bit edgy about it again, especially especially down Palace, like, you know. Yeah, no, because just just thinking about it there, like it's it's one of those where you you think about it and you say, okay, I don't know if he if he preferred Love or say he preferred Gomez before all this kicked off. He thought I'm going to play Gomez against Palace. Because of his pace and, you know, he may be better against like a, whatever AU or whoever's playing there or Zaha down that side or, or whatever, or whatever kind of way. But James, I'll ask you the same question. If it comes down to it at the weekend, would you, would you right now have Joe Gomez in that squad come the weekend? Because there's pros and cons to both of it. You could say to him, you could put him in the squad and he mightn't be ready, but you could leave him out and it could, it could affect him even more. What way would you go with it? I think, I think it's going to be Van Dyke and Lovren start, and I think Gomez will be on the bench. Um, I, I think Klopp will want to get him back in and integrated with the team and, you know, the, the great, um, team spirit that we have. You've, you've already seen Van Dyke coming out and defending Joe Gomez and, uh, saying, you know, it was disgrace, you know, it shouldn't have happened and this. So, you know, he's going to get a lot of, uh, support from the, from the team once he gets back into that. So he's probably already, he's back with the team already. So, um, yeah, I think he has to stay in the squad. I wouldn't exclude him from the squad because that would just probably make his confidence, give him his confidence would be even lower. So get him back in and get him involved. Um, but yeah, I, I might, I'd say it's Lovren and Van Dyke who started centre back on, on Saturday. Mm, Barry, um, I think it'd be Lovren and Van Dyke as well. You know, I'd say, I'd say Gareth feels the same. Um, but just just going back on that question, there's pros and cons to both of them. Um, even even in, in the even being on the in the squad on the bench, 
would you would you give him the week off and just let him get back to himself, or would you say no? You have to get back on this horse very very quickly. And when you when you turn up at Selhorse Park, the Liverpool faithful will let you know that they're right behind you. Is that is that would that be your thinking behind it? Yeah, definitely agree with James. I think leaving him out of squad for that reason would not be a good thing for his confidence. Um, but I think Klopp will obviously look at the situation and have a chat with him on the side. And I, yeah, I can't imagine he's, he, he would need to leave him out of the squad. I, like I'd say he was down obviously over the whole thing, but I can't imagine, you know, it's to the extent where he won't be able to be in the squad. Like I don't think he's going to be in the starting line of either unless something is up with Van Dijk. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think he'll be left out of the squad. And as you said, I think once he, he gets, comes out at Sellers Park there, like I'm sure the away end will give him a good reception. So, you know, he, he'll certainly feel a lot better when he, when he sees Liverpool fans than when he seen the English fans last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, people looking for Joe Gomez to get back in the side. Um, and I, I do believe he's our second best centre half when everyone's on, on top form. I think he is. That's, that's my yeah, opinion yeah. on it. <clears throat> I think Matip has excelled, like like Gareth said, but I just think Gomez has it all. Um, if he wants to be the top centre half, he ha- absolutely has it all. I think it's more of a rhythm thing with him. Um, I I I know where the confidence thing is brought up, but I think it's a rhythm thing. You know, being in line with Van Dijk at times, knowing when to drop, knowing when to attack balls, just being caught out and small things that that look big because of the way we play and the space we live in behind. It can look big, but look. For me, it would have been a case of he's in the squad at Palace. I, I would have started him at home to Brighton. I would have given him a start instead of Lovren, and it would have been a chance for him to go in beside Van Dijk in a game where expected to win, where we'd have most of the ball, and he can just. That's where you need to play him back in, where he will have a test now and then. You know, Glenn Murray turns up and throws himself around for twenty minutes usually. Um, but, but you know, you probably play him against Napoli as well. I would imagine because he seemed to. He's started him in most of the Champions League games. I think this year. Yeah, but and. Oh, you see, I just want Gomez to get into a rhythm where we can get him back in that side as quick as we can, to be honest yeah. with you. You know, because, uh, I, I, like Gareth said, I'm always waiting on something from Lovren. I genuinely am, and I don't think I'm out, I don't think anyone's out of, out of order by saying things like that. And I, I've said it loads of times on the Fatback Four Daily. The, the stages of Lovren. Start well, gets too confident, fucks up, tries to make up for it and then goes into absolute smithereens and then, you know, anything can happen. Um, yeah. And the one the one I always think of is when poor, poor Sean Lawson, when we played Newcastle away last season, then he texted text me and went, Van Dijk is literally playing on his own at the back here. What the fuck is Lovren? <laughs> and I'm just waiting for something like that to happen, you know? So it's just one of those. Gar, um, just to come back to you, the, the two major talking points regarding fitness and stuff uh, has been... Um, and uh, Andy Robbo and Mo Salah. Now, Mo Salah was spotted away with Egypt. He obviously had to go over and show the Egyptians that his ankle's in fucking tatters before they could say, yeah, you're okay. Um, and Andy Robertson, it was revealed that he hadn't trained properly for two weeks um, for Liverpool, despite playing games. So he pulled out of the Scotland squad. Both are considered um, doubtful for the weekend. If they're 80%, Gar, and I'm going to say 80% because... I think the ankle stuff will be all right. I genuinely think so. I think with, with Robertson, if he's played games despite not training properly, I think this week off would be great for him. But if they're 80% come the weekend, what do you do, Car? Do you play them both or do you, do you find a way around it and, and you know, risk it a little bit? Gav, as a, as a player, they'll they'll know themselves, mate. They'll, they'll push themselves. I think we saw for a long time with Matip. Um, you know, he, he used to break easily, and I think for last year, 
you know, for, for, for when he came in, there was no doubt. He went through games with injury. Uh, it's been revealed, uh, Jeannie was injured a couple of weeks ago or going into it, uh, the game as well recently. Yeah. Um, half of the reason why he was dropped for Holland the weekend and I, I believe he was, he was left out of some training sessions for them. Uh, except for he was kicking, doing flicks of balls in the, in the bags, which, which looked really well actually today. Didn't say. Uh, yeah, yeah, look really well actually. Um, but now other than that, uh, the player knows himself, Gav. Um, the player will push their limits and, and, and it's in the player's mentality. If that player is 80% and he's fit. And, and Robo strikes me as someone who play at 50% in fairness, Gav. Uh, I think, I think we all know that they're going to probably run through a brick wall for you. Uh, I think Robo plays Salah, I think from, for personal and selfish reasons for himself. You know, he looks like the type of guy who push himself for that reason alone, like, you know, so that the players don't know. But in France, you know, we've got high skilled physios, our medic team and, and everyone else seems to be world class at the moment, in fairness. So, you know, they'll also give it another opinion, but I, I see both in and around the squad, Gaff. Okay. James, when you yep. look at, when you look at Robertson and you look at Salah, and the Robertson one, as I said, he hasn't trained probably mm. in two weeks, but played the games, you know, the kind of way. So it's, it's, uh, to me, it sounds like a little, a niggly kind of thing where it's just not recovering right. And yep. the only thing that's helping it is rest. Um, for me, then, if that's the case, this rest he's got will probably get him back close to full fitness and I'd play him. But, and the Salah one, you know, he has his big boot on him and he goes away and he's in Egypt and, and stuff like that. And their medics have to have to have a look at him and stuff. But, are we underestimating this squad a little bit because every time someone gets injured, we just think, oh, we can't risk it, not for this game, because every game feels like we must win it. There's to be no, there's to be no let up, there's to be no slips. And are we underestimating ourselves a little bit here? Like, could we, could we go in and say, right, we're going to go with, with, say, Milner left back and we're going to play Origi up top and that's our two changes from the games, from the game last week and we should be good enough. Do we underestimate ourselves a little bit? Is it, or is it just a mad no, panic all the time? Yeah, no, I, 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 th- I think those, those, you know, I, my, my prediction personally would be that Robo starts and Salah doesn't, Salah doesn't start. Um, you know, I just seeing Salah in a boot and stuff like that doesn't inspire confidence. Whereas, as you say, Robo just hasn't trained for two weeks. So I would say having that break, he, um, he'll probably start and then I think probably we'll keep Salah for Napoli on, uh, next week. So, Wednesday, yeah. yeah. So. Because we st- we have to beat Napoli, so <laughs> um, so he'll he'll be required for that one. So that that would be. But you know, you know, I I, I see no issue, especially in a in a game like against um, Crystal Palace. If if Milner had to come in at fullback and um, Origi can do a job for us, so um, uh, you know, I think I think we do have more than just our first eleven who can who can do a job for the team. So um, yeah, I think Klopp won't hesitate if he needs to. Uh, change it up a bit. This, um, this Barry, this, th- you know, this forward planning when it comes to games and blocks of games and loads of people discuss it. This block, that block, and I, I do it myself. I do look at blocks of games. Like I'm literally looking from now to Watford at home before we go off to this World Club Cup. You know, th- does this, does these sort of injuries change Klopp's plans where he says? I can push them now, but I'm going to lose them, or I can nurse them a little bit. You know, even if you said I'm going to give Robbo 60 minutes, and even if Salah comes off the bench, because that's all he's able for, does this change his plans? Because, and I know it sounds obvious, yeah, of course I fucking changed his plans, Gav. Your man's in a moon boo, and the other fella's not training. But what I mean, what I mean is, you know, 
<laughs> he probably he's he's seen Salah's injury for the last month. Everyone has. He's seen Robertson yeah. for the last two weeks. But does it change in where he thinks I'm gonna have to adjust people's game time all around the squad here just to smoothen this out? Or does he just go, no, no, we're fine. We'll push it on to the limit and see how far we get. What, what, what do you think his outlook will be? Well, I think it's that's influenced, I think, what's happened with him. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Calling players back, definitely, I think, and let's hope the international break or bringing these players back or pulling out of squads is going to help us in, in the next uh, group of games. But, um, yeah, I think, like, for this Palace game as an example, I think... If I was to pick two of them, like between Salah and Robertson, I'd probably rather have Robertson start that game. I'd, I'd be willing to, you know, leave Salah out just to give him a rest if needs be. And as James says, he does look, he, he does look the most worse off when he's going around with that boot on. But, um, yeah, I think it's, there's, I don't think this Palace game is one to really, you know, rest too many players. But, um, I think if of the two of them, Robertson and, uh, Salah, who are apparently injured, I think you could probably get away with leaving Salah out and, and maybe putting a riggy in there. Yeah, I, I, I think most people, Gar, would you agree with that? Would you, do you think if he, you're happy enough for him to make changes, you're not under, underestimating what we can do with regards to changes? Are, are you looking at this weekend and saying to yourself, because we will get on the lineups and, and, you know, uh, predict score predictions, and I might ask you to name the scorers and them, how many corners we're going to get, and Grizz will do a bet on all that then, and he'd claim he's won five grand, and you know, all this sort of stuff. So, the, can, I, can I do the XG? Oh, you can absolutely do the XG, and if anyone wants to do the XGA, you can absolutely try your name in, in the half of that as well. Um, XGA, XG, um, then there's like ghost assists, and then there's all sorts of stuff. I'll, I'll get all the terminology now for us in a minute, and we can all have a go at it. But, Carl, like, in all seriousness, do you go into this weekend, like I said, like, and I know loads of Liverpool fans like this where they're going, no, you can't do it with this game. Because, like, Barry says there, oh, this isn't a really game you can risk. And then when we get to Brighton next week, we're going, lads, this is one we have to win, because this one are expected to win. Does it, does it different... There's a different excuse every week as to why we should play the same eleven. You know that way. Are you going into this Saturday thinking, no, it's cool. If we have to make two changes, we make them because we're well prepared. Like you said, the staff are world class and and the planning is world class. One hundred percent. If we need to make changes, the squad is more than capable of making changes. As, as James said, Milner can go in there, and he's capable of doing a job there. We all know that, and he's done it for us in a couple of uh, you know a couple of games. And um, we've no issue if. If Salah is is rested, absolutely no issue. Origi come in there. You might even see, you know, you might even see the Ox players. You know, you yeah, never, know, you, you know, uh, just just to get someone on the ball to attack people. He's quite similar in Salah that way, you know. Uh, Origi as well, and friends can commit people. And um, but you know, the Ox is a bit more smart, smarter, I suppose, from a tactical point of view, and from from the way Klopp plays, but. And, and, and he didn't have that option of having the Ox last year when, when Firmino etc were, were were you know breaking setting the breakdown a bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if Ox started the weekend. Yeah, it's it, listen. It wouldn't surprise me wherever he does. You know, like yeah. 
But people are it's people are people. Or trust our bench. Yeah, no, the, the, and that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like when you look at the bench, and and I, I've seen comments on air WhatsApp groups and stuff like that, where they go, "Geez, that bench is good," you know, before certain games. And and when you look back, when you look back at City, you thought that bench is good. You know, we have players there that can protect us, can influence the game. I.e., Milner can it can be Oxley Chamberlain, Origi if he needs to it needs to come on and do something. You know, so the bench can be trusted. And you, you know, like you, you're talking about players like Firmino breaking down towards the end of last season. This season feels different to me already, even though the rotation might not be what people want it to be. And I called for rotation early on in the season. Use your squad from, from August, not from, not from May or March. So to me, it feels like the planning's in place. All right. These little hiccups with, with the likes of Robertson and, and, and Salah and stuff like that. We, we'll get through them. Barry, he's touched on, he's touched on, on Alex Oxley Chamberlain there. And I want to go into him in a bit more detail. You know, there was, there was massive calls from after the Genk game to play against Man City. Uh, he scored a couple of goals away to Genk. He scored a goal at home to Genk. Um, he was decent when he came on against, I think it was Villa in between. And I never thought he was going to start. And he came out himself and said, I'm, I'm just not at that level yet. And what he means by that is he's not at that level of, of intensity. I don't, I don't think he gets in our 11 if, if the other three lads are fit and it's a big game. But what do you feel Oxley Chamberlain has to do to, you know, really push for a, for a starting spot on this side where, where he can say to Klopp, I can do what Henderson does or I can do what Alden does. He's not doing what Fabinho does, but, but them two spots in particular, what does he need to do for you? Yeah, well, I think since he's come back, well, particularly in the last few weeks, I think he's been, he's been excellent when he, when he's, when he's played. Obviously in the Champions League games, he started, he came on, I think, uh, was it was the League Cup game. He's came on in a few games. I just think he needs to keep doing what he's doing, working hard. Uh, he's, he's getting goals for us when, when we're, when when's needed. And I think at some stage, you know, Klopp is going to have to bring him in and, and start him in a game. He could maybe in the, in the upcoming Brighton game, he could do that. Um, as Gar said, I think possibly if Salah doesn't start uh, at the weekend, he probably would be a better option than Origi with the form that he's in, especially after his performances for England there the other night. But I don't, I think if he keeps up these performances, I don't think Klopp Klopp is going to have to start in, in, in one of the games. As you said, in these bigger games, like in the midfield tree, I don't think he'd, he'd start him against Palace. It would be in the, in the top three if Salah isn't playing. But yeah, in, in the, in the bigger games, he's probably going to struggle to get in there because, you know, Klopp trusts that tree so much. But, um, in game, in the games like, you know, the Brighton game, just to kind of the lower, lower uh, teams in the league at Anfield say, I think you'll see him get in there either in the top three or, or in that midfield three. But, yeah, I think it's it's getting to a stage of now where he's really, you know, hitting top form and Klopp's going to have to really think about, you know, where he can fit him in if, if he wants to put him in the first 11. Yeah, no, it, it's a big call. James, you know, Barry's saying there, you know, he, he might struggle to get in here or there and, and you might see him in the front three. Is that something you'd like to see him in the front three? Because, you know, he, he seems to me like... he. he, he Himself, he wants to get into that midfield three. He may need to be used um, if we if we don't fancy a Rigi against certain teams. And I like a Rigi off the bench for his impact. But is 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 up? Is it in the front three an option for you? It it is an option, but um, I suppose like yourself, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Rigi as an impact sub off the bench. He just seems to have that. You know, he, he can do it in short spurts. I, I don't like him starting. He's, he's not as effective. So yeah, I suppose, you know, we, we can, um, 
Yeah, Ox is skillful enough to play in the front three. There's no doubt about it. Um, I prefer him a bit deeper, but I suppose you know he 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 can easily come in and do a job for the team on on um in in place of Salah, and he would you know um him and Trent I'd say would link up well together. Yeah, he could, uh, they could go. Listen, Klopp has used certain different formations. Or he, he, yeah, he could. I was going to say he could go with a, you know, a, a, a diamond in midfield. Um, so you know, he, he has numerous options. He can, he can. We we all know Klopp is, you know, he could pull off a surprise to to all of us in, in what formation and um, he starts with on Saturday. Yeah, and like like I was going to say there, he could go something like a four two three one and decide right. I'm just going to play. If I wanted to get Ox in there, I could give Wijnaldum a rest and put Henderson, Fabinho in there. Play play Oxley Chamber a little bit further, even though he's not as forward as the front three. You know, just be somewhere in there. Firmino up top and, and, you know, walk something on either side. He could do something like that. Gar, I wanted to ask you this because there's been debate over this and especially over the City game and, uh, Ox should play and, and, you know, the K to shouts will come now. I think he's been away in international duty. He, he scored. Um, and I've seen somebody say, Jesus, that looks like he's in about 1986 when he scored because of the camera and, and the state of the pitch. But, <laughs> but, um, he scared, so to be, to be cam- injured as well, did you? I don't think he got injured. I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> ah, he's on the ground. He's always on the ground, but he seemed all right. It was listen. If 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 Naby Keita was injured, right, you'd know about it. Trust me. You know what I mean. Um, you'd absolutely know about it. Uh, but as as a coach, I, I wanted to ask you this, and I don't get onto this club podcast uh, much anymore, um, due to uh, other contractual obligations. But um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this because I, I haven't been to the studio in a while and stuff like that. And I, every time I watch Liverpool play. And especially the likes of games against City and probably the Napoli one upcoming and, and big games like that. And I watched that midfield three and after listening to 48 hours of, well, Ox should be in the team. Like I think about eight out of ten people I asked had Ox in their team. I just look at this and the one thing I think about Ox, Gary, is he needs to adapt defensively before he has any hope of getting into a Liverpool midfield three because the chances are he goes in instead of Henderson, if you're going to make a, a comparison, because Henderson's looking to be that little bit more creative down the right-hand side, and Ox has that in abundance. But defensively, he would need to be copped on very, very quickly and probably have to go up a level or two with regards to that because of the work Henderson does there. Am I completely off me rocker, or am I, am I, just, am I just defending Henderson here? Or do I have a point in what I'm saying is that, yeah, he has to look at that, and that's where he should be focusing himself the other stuff will do, will look after itself, you know, naturally because of his forward, you know, ability, I suppose. If you look at the last three games, I suppose, from Henderson's point of view, he's, he's gone over to cover that right side, uh, an awful lot. And it's, it's obviously something that Klopp has worked on in, in regards of attacking sides from the, the other sides, left hand sides and, uh, Henderson going over to cover, uh, Trent because obviously he's he's unbelievable at, at in that position and his uh, what he gives us from that right foot is is ridiculous at times his passing range his crossing range as well is is, is but also Henderson obviously chipped in with a few assists lately as well um but now I got I, I slightly argue your point there he's he's played at right wing back for for Arsenal Wenger a fair few times in fairness and Wenger did see him that well you know Wenger was probably off his head on pot at the time because he was going to do a lally. Um he's off his head again he's gone to work for FIFA isn't he are you waiting I think so. yeah, yeah, I he's had a relapse I saw him being linked to a and I started laughing but anyway um, 
if if you look, he's he's well capable of covering that side, Gav. I suppose he, he's he's very tactically astute. If if you look at him, he's he's come in our front three a few times. He's come in he's come in our middle middle three a few times. That middle three is 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 ridiculous at the moment, Gav. For, for what they do, in, but he'd, ha- he'd have what I mean by it is Gav, he'd, ha- he'd have to cover what he's doing because his natural reaction is to go forward. You know, and and if you if you watch Trent go forward and you watch him link with Salah, I know right, Henderson is around there, but Henderson is going over. And I said it since day one, day one of the season when I was at Anfield, the amount of times Henderson was telling Salah to get up the pitch, I look after this for you. You'd have to yeah. cope with Hen- not with Henderson because he'll just do that. Where with Oxley Chamberlain, he will have to go. Oh, I really want to go up there, but I'm probably going to have to stay probably 15 yards deeper at times. If you were to do, I suppose, if you were to do a heat map of, 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 of both of them over last, uh, yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put it up. But, you know, you know, Ox does go forward a lot. And we, we know that he breaks lines and he, he likes to commit people, whereas that's not Henderson. Henderson obviously has been, you know, he's been drilled to him for the last couple of seasons. He's, he's become, I don't know if you listened to that podcast with Carragher the other day, but he spoke a lot in regards to tactics and sitting down with Rogers, well, when he was nearly let go. And, you know, Driven through tactics and formations and, and getting used to different areas that where he was playing in midfield. Yeah, it was really interesting actually hearing him talk about, you know, how, how he had to adapt. And, and, and that is, that is Henderson at the moment. He, he, he gives you that balance, Gavin, there. He's not going to break forward. He's not going to leave you overcommitted, you know, where a team will, will have too many, too many players attacking Fabinho and, uh, and Genie as well at times, you know, but he, he, he's so smart at what he does. He, he's never going to get credit for it. Let's, let's be honest with it. Yeah, but that that mid three midfield performance, as you said against City, was was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It set the tone for everything, our passing range, uh, you know, everything within that midfield. Our work rate, uh, winning the ball back, you know, getting getting forward. Don't forget, and Fabinho was. It, we've seen Fabinho get forward a lot this season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you watch if you watch the fourth goal when the ball breaks out, he's the fourth forward midfielder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like this is the guy that's meant to be looking after the back four, and he's just going, I'll just go up there and score. You know, yeah, that'll be grand, won't it? It's not the first time, Gav, that I've seen him in that position. In fairness to him, you know, he's, he's chipping balls around. He's, so he's not that generally defensive midfielder. He is getting forward a lot, in fairness to him. But in fairness, he's got Genie's been smart to hold and let him go. Or he's got Henderson, who's probably told him to push on here, cover him. So mm. they're, they're so entwined at the moment, them three, Gav, that, you know, very, very hard to break in there. Yeah, and it's like a carousel, isn't it? One goes forward, one's at the side, one's at the back, and it just keeps turning and turning and turning. And you don't know whether to, you, if you close Fabinho, he'll turn you and he'll play a pass. If you close Henderson, he'll just play it easy and he'll get Salah or Trent away. If you close Wijnaldum, there's no fucking point because he won't get the ball off him. Um, you know, like, like I reckon Wijnaldum could go out in the field with like 10 fellas around him and go, listen, I'm going to keep this ball for 15 minutes on my own and nobody's getting it. He's ridiculous. The, you know? only, the only player in that team who keep a ball in his head Telephone box with about fifty people. Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> it's and and, that, and yeah. that's how good the midfield is. And when I see people look, you can slag off the midfield. Look, I, I had a breakdown over Jordan Henderson at Old Trafford, and I'm a big Henderson fan. But there is days where you just go, that wasn't good enough, and it didn't yeah. work, and you just have to hold your hands up. But picking at it when it's, when it's been a performance like that, you know, like I've seen people say, oh, Henderson only done this on Sunday, and I'm kind of going, did you watch the fucking game? You know what I mean? Watch what he's doing. You know, I'm, I'm not getting into it because I only get upset and then I'll upset you and, and that's not nice. Um, especially on a, on a, on a Monday night. It's not nice. Before we go into <laughs> Crystal Palace and before we go into, uh, you know, predictions and stuff like that. And I know it's early in the week and I know there will be updates on injuries. So we'll take that into account. Um, 
but all week on the Fatback Four Daily, I'll get people on. I'll always ask them for predictions and, and, and team lineups and stuff like that. Because the more op- opinions you get, the better. But before I do, there's a random question we ask on that show all the time. So I'm going to ask you because, um, because I can. And, um, so Barry, I'm going to go with you first. I'm, the chance that you haven't heard this, Barry, because, uh, <coughs> you don't listen to anything we do and you're probably right. And the, 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 the so the question is, Barry, right? I got to fly you to New York. Good start, yeah. So when you're in New York, I'm going to get two buildings that are 50 stories high, okay? So that's average. 50 stories high, both flat roofs. They're both the exact same height, but there's a gap between them, yeah? So I want you to tell me how far you could jump between buildings, how how far that gap could be before you fall to your untimely death. But I will give you 11 miles an hour of a of a helping wind. So <laughs> you, get, you get it, yeah? So... They're on a flat roof in New York, 50 stories up, and I want you to run across one roof and jump to the other. Like you see in the films, Barry. And I want you to tell me what's the maximum distance you think you could jump. And I've seen you, Barry. You're a fit lad. You know what I mean? So don't be going two and three feet and all. Andy said fucking three feet if there was a fire escape and all. So you can't say that. So go on. Okay. I thought I was coming on here to talk about Liverpool. Tonight. No, no. That's all over now. That's it. The next <laughs> half an hour now is just random stuff. <laughs> So come on, how long, how far can you jump? What's the, what's the gap between the buildings? No, you, the gap is determined by how far you think you could jump. Oh, I'd say, a safe one would be, yeah, about three, three and a half, three, three to four feet. Four feet? Four between feet. three. You do realise how short the distance four feet is, yeah? Yeah, just playing, playing a safe card, you know. But you have a big, massive fucking roof. You're running. You can run, like. And then you have a wind behind you. I don't know, Gav. Give me six feet. Give you five. Fuck's sake. That's appalling. Gar, same question to you. And I know you walk out and you lift your chin over things and all and... You do all them make yuppie exercises. So how, I'm giving you a run up with 11 miles an hour behind you. What are you jumping? A feet. A feet. Yeah. So two and a half meters ish. That's appalling yeah. as well. Fucking hell, that's. Uh, <laughs> James. James is going to come in there with. Uh, oh, I'm not jumping it. James, what's your what's your um, what's your what's your thing? Uh, I've, had, I've had Trev Downey telling me you could jump 8.95 meters. Not a chance. Nah. Yeah, there's a thing called gravity that kicks in. <laughs> so let's go seven and a half. Seven and a half feet. Yeah. So that's what what you're basically telling me is, right? The length of an average car is probably what would you say? Nine feet? Ten feet? Say no. ten feet. About eight, isn't it? Yeah, eight, nine feet. So if I asked you to run really fast and jump at the start of that car, you reckon you couldn't make it to the end of it? These are all yep. appalling. <laughs> Absolutely appalling. This is why I don't what do this fucking show anymore. What can you jump at? I would reckon yeah, I would do easily ten feet. <laughs> <laughs> easily. Come easily. Here, have, you, have you been watching Mary Poppins? No, no. Listen, lads, you have 11 miles an hour wind behind you. And you're running. You can, you know, you probably get a hundred yard run at it. The buildings in New York are huge. 
Do you know what I mean? You haven't thought this through. And to be honest with you, you are fucking bottles. Every fucking single one of you. I'm disgusted <laughs> with you. I'm not even going to release this podcast. It's absolutely appalling. Um, what, so what do we have? Five feet, six feet, and seven and a half feet. You said eight. Oh, well done. Your medal's in the post. Appalling. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't even think we should do this anymore now. But anyway, Crystal Palace, um, we go there at three o'clock on a Saturday. These are getting more, um, they're, they're, prop, they're popping up more often now than they used to. With three o'clock on Saturday, away to Crystal Palace, Selhurst Park. I like the kickoff time. I don't like Selhurst Park early or late, particularly on a, on a Saturday evening or a Sunday evening. But we go there. Palace started off well in the season. They've dropped off in the last while. It's just the Roy Hodgson effect. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, Benteke is being given new, new contracts and he does, just doesn't score goals for them. Uh, they've looked decent going forward. They've looked all right at the back. But as I said, the form has dipped dramatically since probably four or five weeks into the season. James, what, what yep. give, give me a team for Saturday. I've taken into, taken into consideration as well as everything we've spoken about. Uh, okay. Um, Allison and Gold, then Trent, Lovren, Virgil, and uh, Robbo, and then Genie, Hendo, Fabino, and then Firmino, Mane, and Origi. Okay, so you're going, you're taking out, you're, you're, you are playing Robertson, but you're not not risking Salah. Barry, are you yep. going with something similar there? Yeah, pretty much the same, except for the the, the top three. I was th- like, I'm not 100 sure on Salah, and I, I I think he might surprise us with with putting Ox in there. Just earlier, I was saying Origi, but now after the lads just mentioned about Ox there, I was like, yeah, I think he could work in that top three, but it just depends on how bad Salah's ankle is, whether he wants to risk him or not. Um, but if he is, as you said, say 80, percent I'd say he he'll definitely, you know, if he's 75, 80 percent fit, I'd say he'll definitely play Salah. But so you just have to wait and see. But if if not. I think Ox could be a good uh, good option to put in there at the weekend. Okay. So you're going similar team, but Ox instead of Origi. Would I be right in saying? Yeah. Okay. Gareth, what are you going with? I'm with Barry Gelf, 100%. Yeah? I know, uh, yeah, I just think I think, I think Ox is in a bit of form at the moment. I think Klopp will see that as well. Um, and I just think he gives gives you that bit more than Origi. You know, tactically, I would say, uh, he gets, he goes in there for me. Okay, um, I'm. I think you might see Salah on Saturday, and I think you might see Robertson. Um, but look, whatever team goes out, I'm only hosting this, so I'm not giving you a team. I have loads to do on this game during the week, so I'll only be repeating myself five times between now and Saturday. But uh, predictions, early predictions. Uh, James, I'll come back to you. Three one. Three one. Do you want to give us some scores now? Mane, Bobby, and. Uh, Genie. Genie. Okay, nice one. Barry, give us a score. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. You want to give me uh, scores there as well? Oh, I'm going to say Bobby will get one. He's, he's due a goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mane. Okay. Gar, where are you going with? 3-1. Uh, Firmino, Mane, Ox. Firmino, Mane, Ox. All right, cool. Um, so we, we're all winning the game. Happy days. That would uh, give us a chance. I think that gives us a chance to go a little bit further ahead, doesn't it? We, uh, do City play Chelsea later? Sorry, later on that day? Yeah, they played half five that day. And yeah. 
And Leicester, do they play Sunday probably, do they? Uh, Maybe not. They no, I think they play 3 o'clock as well, actually, if I remember right. Uh, who, are Leicester, who are Leicester playing this weekend? I think they're away to Brighton. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Brighton, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's about it, lads. We've done very well. 46-ish minutes. Um, I'm appalled at you, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's been um, <laughs> like, like the lads that come on to my show um, on a once-off have given me brilliant answers to that random question. And use all bottled it. And, uh, well, no, they're all spoofers. And they're not spoofers. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling Andy on you. I'm going to tell Andy, you know, um, you don't, you don't go on the wrong side of Andy because he'll upset you and he won't stop. And, um, that's what I love about him. But look, um, that's been the club podcast. Thanks for joining us. We will be back in studio next week. This was just a once off this week, um, due to, uh, just numbers and, and different people having different things to do. So, um, I'd like to thank the lads for joining me. They made the effort tonight. James, thanks a million. Cheers, Gav. No worries. Barry, thanks a million for joining us. Cheers, Gav. Thanks. No worries. Uh, Gary, you get a special thanks because you went for a foot, but thanks a million. <laughs> Gav, I'm going to change that to nine and a half now. Oh, just, gosh, yeah, because you looked it up, didn't you? No, I just, just thought more on my head. I think I think of the ability to do nine and a half with that bit of wind behind me. Yeah, well, you were always doing chin-ups and all and all that messing, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going nine and a half. Before we conclude this pod, nine and a half. Don't cut this piece. All right, so it's only two bottle jobs. Ah, lovely. Well, listen. They're bottlers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Listen, um, if anyone's ever in New York, don't try that at home. Um, I don't try it while you're there. Cause, uh, we don't, we don't have, you can see us if you want. We don't have any money. Right. Go on. We're out of here. Over now. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.